0: Welcome to the Apple Insider Podcast. This is your host, Stephen Robles. And today we're talking all about the iPhone 13 date leaks and Apple Watch Series 7 sizing, AirPods 3, and a ton more. This episode is brought to you by ZocDoc, HelloFresh, and Streak. You'll hear about those in a moment. And joining me back again, my friend across the pond, William Gallagher. Thanks for joining me. Thank
1: you. You you catch me live as I dig down the back of my uh, couch trying to find uh, all the money I need for the new iPhone. Yeah,
0: (laughs) man. Well, it is coming soon. And that's let's just hit it right now. There's been several leaks and corroborated sources that are pointing to an iPhone 13 event date being September 14th, and that's a Tuesday, with pre-orders for all model iPhone 13s being 17th, so the Friday after that event, and that the official launch, the date of availability, would be a week later on September 24th. John Prosser, who's a prominent leaker. He's leaked many things in the past, including iPad Air, AirTags, things like that. He corroborated those dates, as well as Chinese publication, IT Home. So it's kind of all over the place. But man, we are looking at just about three, four weeks away from this event. Pretty exciting.
1: Yes, uh, three, four weeks. If I save 500 pounds a week, I'll be able to get all of this.
0: (laughs) Easy! (laughs) Well, there's a couple pieces of news too. One, that the iPhone 13 might be more expensive, possibly due to supply constraints, but also with the improved camera that we've talked about Mm. on past episodes. You know, we might see ProRes video coming to this iPhone, as well as that sensor shift stabilization that came just to the 12 Pro Max might come to more lenses in this next line. So yeah, it might be more expensive, but also the name, which has been unknown for many months, we kept saying iPhone 13, but there was always a chance it could be 12S or something else. But Twitter user Duan Rui actually tweeted an image from what looks like an iPhone box. And on that image actually has the label that says iPhone 13. So, William, I think it's safe to say that next one is going to be iPhone 13. I think so. And I'm glad. It's just uh, I saw
1: that photograph as well. And it's, if somebody manages to get a photograph that sharp of one corner of a packaging... <laughs> couldn't they have just pulled out a tiny bit and shown us it it's just it's <laughs> like whenever you see photographs of ufos you, you you know you you see one frame that's right like they didn't that's take right. a second one though they because they've only photoshopped one of them yeah i just this looks real but you know
0: <laughs> it does look real it has like the little pull tab with the green arrow like apple's product <laughs> packaging and it does say iphone 13 not pro or mini just says straight up iPhone 13. So that's interesting. Yeah. And the guy who tweeted it, Duan Rui, you know, there's been some news about Apple going after leakers yes. or people have been paying for products and leaks. And this was his tweet. He said, let me emphasize again that I am not a leaker. I don't have firsthand information. I am not a crook. No, he didn't say that last line, but when <laughs> he said all that other stuff, like all the asterisks and disclaimers, trying to avoid uh, Apple lawyer army, I think.
1: Do you know, I'm secretly rather pleased with myself there for recognizing the Nixon reference. Thank he you. wasn't Thank you. such a big deal here in the UK for well, some reason,
0: but clearly. Yeah, I, like, <laughs> I couldn't think of any quotes from uh, troubling past UK uh, leadership. So We have a
1: long it, list. I'll <laughs> let you know sometime. <laughs>
0: Long list. So anyway, and also it looks like AirPods three might be released alongside or at least in the same month, September, as the new iPhone thirteen, which if the changes that we've been talking about are what's coming, meaning the camera improvements, promotion on that screen, that hundred and twenty hertz refresh rate, I feel like the iPhone event might include, like in past years, iPhone and Apple Watch, maybe even an AirPods. And I know you're always like, No, they're not gonna announce that much stuff, but I feel like if there's not a physical redesign You know, we don't have the 5G stuff that came out with the 12. We have the same mini, regular, and pro, and pro max. So it's not like they're going to spend time announcing a new size of iPhone. I feel like the iPhone part of whatever event comes on September 14th, I don't think they're going to spend a ton of time on it. I mean, unless they just really talk about the camera for forty-five minutes. What do you think?
1: They are more than capable of talking about the camera
0: for forty-five. <laughs> sure, I,
1: sure. I kind of I come at this in two
0: different ways. One, you're
1: right. I do think Apple announces less than people expect. But my my thing there is just that people seem to overexpect that they will announce everything in this one go, and they're inevitably they're disappointed. But on the other hand, I think Apple is extraordinarily pin sharp clever on choosing when to announce what they won't do the iphone and the apple car for example because they know the car will get all the attention and the phone won't so they would separate those right but it might well i I was thought that they put the watch out because the iphone got the attention and it gave a lift To the watch, more people saw the watch because it was in the iPhone launch. Right, and as the watch becomes more important, then it becomes possible to separate it out. Uh, So I think they they know really well what they're doing over this. Yeah, I think this year, you know, it feels like uh, watch and phone go together. Watch phone AirPods. I don't know. What do you think to this story? I keep hearing that there'll be two Apple events uh, in the same month.
0: So, here's my thing. I'm actually going to go down. Here's the list. Of products and you can let me know whether you agree or disagree or if we're going to see any of these things either later in the year or maybe even 2022. but I think this fall from September through November we're going to see the iPhone 13, Apple Watch Series 7, AirPods 3, a new base model iPad and the redesign iPad Mini, M1X, MacBook Pros, and possibly the M1X Mac Mini. I do not think we're going to see a higher end iMac. But those are the products I think we're going to see in the fall. Do you agree or disagree with any of those products? Uh,
1: you left out the Apple Car.
0: Oh, excuse That's me. Sorry, silly. let me put it at the end here. Sorry. Put yeah. Apple. One day
1: I will be right.
0: <laughs> One day. <laughs> now there was a report. I was going to save it for later, but there was a report that Nobel Prize winner Akira Yoshino, he's a lithium-ion battery pioneer. He actually believes that Apple could announce some type of electric vehicle initiative by the end of this year not necessarily the car itself but that they would allude to some kind of work they're doing in the field i don't know credibility wise on that he might be a nobel prize winner but i don't know if that makes him an apple leaker so i'm not sure about apple car but apple
1: announcing that they might do an apple car at this stage i i'm not sure it would even count as news would it because there's so many regulatory filings there's so many governmental requirements to to go through if apple isn't going to do an apple car they are putting an amazing amount of effort into gaslighting us about it so (laughs) to just i don't yeah the next news has got to be here's the car right or there's the car i think though you know
0: yeah i mean they could again when apple goes into a new product category like they did this with the apple watch they did this with the trash can mac pro they announce it with availability like six to eight months later The Apple Watch, the very first one was announced in the September iPhone event, wasn't available till April of the next year. So you're talking about an eight month lead time. So, you know, it is possible that Apple could announce something this November if it were a car that it would then be available like a year from now, July of 2022 or something. But I don't know, I'm just not feeling the car side. No,
1: but I've just seen that you really did add it to the notes, the list of coming up. So Thank you very much.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I want to know of, of those things, let me run through it again. iPhone 13, Apple Watch Series 7, AirPods 3, iPad and iPad mini, M1X MacBook Pros, Mac Mini M1X. Of those products, I think we're going to see all those release between september and november and once we see if we agree or disagree on that then we'll see how many events it'll take but what do you think about those products
1: i i mostly agree i i think the mac mini could be next year uh i have no basis for that at all it just feels like of those yeah yeah because we've got the mac mini we haven't got a 16 inch macbook pro right yet so that feels like more newsy for apple more more of a priority for them uh, to fill in that gap. Uh, I mean, I really hope the 14-inch will come along with it. Right. 14-inch MacBook Pro, that's what I want. Uh, So maybe it's just, um, I'm okay if there isn't a Mac Mini. But I I think you're right as well about the bigger iMac. It feels so close to the year, the end of the year, which is an absurd thing to say, but it does, that, yes, that feels very easily part of next year. Although we're well into the second year now, aren't we, of the two-year transition, so...
0: Right. So here's my prediction. We'll make, I'll make an official prediction here. And then I'll ask for your official prediction (laughs) that we can match it to see what actually happens. It looks like there's going to be a September event, September 14th. Obviously it's going to include iPhone 13. I'm going to say, we're also going to see Apple watch series seven and AirPods three. We're going to see those three devices launch in September. And then if there's one other event, we'll say October. I think we'll see those refreshed iPads, iPad and iPad mini, and we'll see the M1X MacBook Pros. And I'm not sure about the Mac mini. I- I'm actually more inclined now to agree with you. Maybe it'll be the Mac mini and iMac with M1X in 2022, early in the year, and then the final Apple Silicon Mac Pro at WWDC, but we'll save those desktops for next year. So I'm going to say one event, iPhone, Apple Watch Series 7, AirPods 3, second event, iPad and iPad mini, M1X MacBook Pros. William, what say you?
1: Given the dates we expect, and, you know, who knows till they're announced, given the dates of the 14th and onwards, I don't see Apple having a second event in September as kind of muddying the spotlight. Is that a strange right. mixed metaphor? Uh, while it's putting out pre-launches and then shipping and all that, that new cycle, I think they won't do it. So I agree. October seems more likely. I think there's a chance something here will come out with a press release instead of an event oh that's true but i which one would that be
0: i bet it would be the m1x mac mini if anything because if they have an event where they talk about the 14 and 16 inch m1x macbook pros they talk about the new chip they talk about all the graphics improvements and how powerful those laptops can be i feel like they could just say now here's the mac mini with that same chip now available they take the intel one off their website and they just have the m1 mac mini and the M1 X Mac Mini. I feel like that's reasonable.
1: You think they'll continue the M1 Mac Mini?
0: Oh, I think so because we'll still have the M1 13-inch MacBook Pro and yeah, M1 true. iMac, and then you'll just have the higher-end M1 X. Like we've always, you know we've always had the the i3, i5 computers, and then the i7 and i9s with the higher end. So that's what I think. But you you think in two events, not three?
1: I really can't see three, uh, yeah. it doesn't feel worth it in a way. So I'm thinking about the Mac Mini stuff, I'd autom- un- un- unthinkingly assumed that the next Mac Mini would replace the current one, and that the 14-inch MacBook Pro would replace the 13-inch MacBook Pro. But there's this story, isn't there, that the 14-inch MacBook Pro could be a lot more expensive than the previous one. And in that case, I can very easily see them keeping the 13 around for longer the way they do with uh, older iPhones and things.
0: Right, well, and also there was news that... The 14 and 16 inch MacBook Pros will both sport the same M1X chip, meaning that whether you go with the 14 inch or the 16 inch, you could get the exact same power, both CPU and graphics, just depending, you just choose the size and they're the same power. Now that has not been the case in the past. If you wanted to get the i9 Intel chip in a MacBook Pro with more RAM and all that, you had to get the 16 inch. The 13-inch, even the higher-end 13-inch did not give you those options. So this would be the first time that both the mid-range MacBook Pro 14-inch and the high-end 16-inch, you could get a 14-inch just as powerful, and there's no advantage to the 16-inch aside from screen size, which honestly, I'm pretty excited about because I like the smaller laptop size, but if I want to get a powerful laptop, I want to know I can get the most power that Apple offers. So I'm all about that. That's
1: when I was looking into MacBook Pros and ultimately decided not to buy one uh, yet to wait. Uh, I was. F- drawn to the 16 because of the power for certain things i needed but i, I it feels like a boat to me uh, and for some reason yeah you know the keyboard is exactly the same keyboard on the the two size models but i like it on the 13 and i dislike it on the 16 yeah and it's got to be something to do with the placement of the cans on the, the body and things it's just too big to carry around so i was willing to sacrifice some performance for the facility of passing things around uh, carrying things around yeah but uh if it weren't for the fact that presumably that means the price is going to be a lot more this would be the best of both worlds bring it on
0: yeah absolutely so i will say with keyboard size just a little tangential aside that's actually redundant i think if something's tangential it is an aside (laughs) anyway that's for the that's for the uk grammar people that are going to come after me (laughs) for making a redundant uh, comment but i remember with the 12 inch powerbook my first mac that keyboard like there was no space between the keyboard and the edge of that laptop the keyboard went all the way side to side and when you typed on it your wrists had to kind of do this like 45 degree angle thing where you know you have to bring your hands pretty close together to type on that keyboard with the 13 inch you get to spread them out a little more but i think when you go all the way up to that 16 inch your arms just naturally because there's more space on either side of the trackpad your arms are a little more spread out And so whatever angle is that is between your arm and hand on the 16 inch, I do think it is different from 16 to 14. And like you said, I do actually prefer typing on a 13, if this is a redesign, 14 inch body rather than the 16, I think because of that like weird wrist angle.
1: I've actually thought that makes so much sense. That's ergonomically sensible. And I have honestly thought I'm an idiot I was standing there in the Apple store, drawing the two thinking, I like this. I don't like that. They're identical. <laughs> <laughs> even apple geniuses go that the same keyboard yeah, yeah. okay i i'm going to go back and go ha
0: ha yeah it's there's that, that space on either side because when you get that 16 yeah. inch you have basically a landing strip on the left yes. and right side of the keyboard and your just arms naturally especially if you're typing on your lap without a desk you know your arms kind of balance the laptop as you type and so you're naturally going to have your arms farther apart so I do find there's, there's a noticeable difference, especially when you type all day, like you're a writer, you know, you're going to notice that difference. Good point. All right. So we talked about dates. We both think there's going to be two dates. We pretty much agree on the products that will probably be announced. This episode is brought to you by ZocDoc. We've all had that experience where we need to find a doctor, we'll do the research, we'll find someone local, we get there, but they don't take your insurance. Well, you never have to experience that frustration again because ZocDoc is the easiest way to find a great doctor and instantly book your appointment. Just download the free ZocDoc app, and you can find doctors in all the different specialties or general doctors in your area. You can even see the little picture. You see ratings for local doctors, and you can even make an appointment right there in the app. You don't have to make a call, which, again, one of the worst parts about making an appointment for a doctor's office is getting on hold or trying to find somebody to make an appointment, but you don't need to do that anymore. With ZocDoc, you can search for local doctors who take your insurance, read those verified patient reviews, and they even do in-person or video chat appointments. Whether you need a primary care physician, dentist, dermatologist, eye doctor, ZocDoc has you covered. Go to ZocDoc.com slash Apple Insider and you can download the ZocDoc app to sign up for free. Every month, millions of people use Zocdoc and I'm one of them. If I need to find a doctor, I don't try to search online anymore or look up on maps and see which ones are in my area. I go to the ZocDoc app, search for what specialist I need, and then I just have a list right there. And I love that you can even get appointments same day, and you can see which are available right now, same day, or in the next couple days, you see those reviews. It's just the best experience for booking a doctor's appointment. ZocDoc makes healthcare easy, and now is the time to prioritize your health. So go to ZocDoc Dot com slash Apple Insider and download the ZocDoc app to sign up for free and book a top rated doctor. Many are available as soon as today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C.com slash Apple Insider. ZocDoc.com slash Apple Insider. That link will be in the episode show notes. Our thanks to ZocDoc for sponsoring this episode. Now, William, what are you going to upgrade to? If all those products do come out? between september and october of this year what are you going to be upgrading william
1: uh well there's the sensible answer and there's the (laughs) the actual answer um
0: now you have a you have a 12 pro right right now yes what apple watch do you have
1: uh series four okay that's Um, the one so I am drawn to the 7 uh, for it just based on the fact that it's going to have everything the 6 does and something more right. whether or not it's got this redesign or not. Uh, I I like the idea of an always on thing. So it wasn't enough to make me upgrade to the 5, wasn't quite enough to make me go to the 6, but with 7 it just needs maybe a little bit yeah. of something else. Right. Like a, a redesign that would pull me. Uh, I have the 12 Pro, but I also I have last year's 11 Pro. As well, I like to keep uh, the current phone and the one before Mm. uh, because I use them both, and uh, good to have a spare. And I once got caught out not having a phone because it broke. Uh, I might trade in the eleven and go for a Uh thirteen, and uh, I find I automatically go for the pro models. And I don't know if that's just uh, because I think I'm a pro, you know. And I'm not really. Hey, you're a professional, William. You write about Apple stuff. Yeah. You're a, you're a professional. Have you seen my photography? I mean, you know, that's...
0: that's <laughs> I've seen your videos, 58 Keys. Oh, good, good stuff fun. over there.
1: Oh, thank you. Thank you. So, and that is filmed yeah, on the 12
0: just, uh, using the That's filming. what I'm
1: saying. Yes. <laughs>
0: right. Exactly. Exactly.
1: Quite likely the 13 Pro. I want the Series 7. I am still trying to budget for a MacBook Pro, but uh, I was working on a project that needed one, and in the end, I actually, rather than spend it on the 13, uh, I bought uh, an iPad Pro. Well, So that's kind of affected my budget a lot, but I love... The iPad Pro 11 inch right. thing, so uh, <laughs> M1, right? M1, yes, that was actually part of the decision process for it. You know, I thought this is going to last me. This could do what I need. because a lot of the work I had this particular project, it, it's fine on the iPad. Yeah. So maybe I don't need the MacBook Pro, but we're talking MacBook Pro here. It's not about need; it's total want, isn't it? <laughs>
0: <laughs> right? Really?
1: Yeah. Whereas you are just going to get all of them in every different color. Right.
0: It depends. The Apple Watch, we're really going to have to see what is different. You know, we've seen the physical redesign, but we have not heard much about what new features it will actually bring. That whether it's health features or, you know, it'll have a new processor, so it'll be a little faster. My 6 is very fast, very speedy. Hmm. So I, d- I don't know. I don't know about the Series 7. I upgrade iPhone every year. I'm on the upgrade plan, so I'm- I'll be doing that. I'm interested in the AirPods 3 because I... Use all the different AirPods for different use cases, and so I'll probably upgrade that. The iPad Mini is tempting. I did actually have a friend of the show, a uh, Pablo Felix. He actually, he wasn't using his old Kindle Paperwhite, and he actually sent it to me. So thank you, Pablo, for that. And so I've been using the Kindle. Well, I say I've been using. I set it up. I haven't read anything yet, Pablo. So I, I gotta. <laughs> I'm gonna see if it's actually worth keeping for the uh, for the reading experience, or if I'll want an iPad Mini for that. I don't know, but. I do want an M1X machine and I'm still unsure if I want to maybe trade in my M1 MacBook Pro for the M1X or do I want to wait to see what desktop comes out with the M1X with the new iMac, larger, maybe it's an iMac Pro. And so that's going to be the toughest decision for me. Do I hold off on the fall computers and wait for an M1X iMac? And so that's that's the one I'm, I'm really not sure about. We'll have to see.
1: Actually, I, I must ask, you say you've got a Series 6 watch now. What was the watch you had before?
0: I had a Series 3 before that. Ah, okay. So, so. Just, just, to, just to clear up the whether I buy every single device, I rocked that 3 for a long time. Yeah, so the 3 to 6 difference, yeah. oh my word, like amazing. So, But that's why I feel like my Apple Watch Series 6, it's, it is very fast. It does everything I want it to. So, I don't know. We'll have to see. We'll have to see what it looks like.
1: I went from a Series 1 to a Series 4, and it was you know, night and day difference in speed. But just then when you said the 6, I thought, oh, yeah. is the 6 that much faster than the 4? But we don't know. You can't tell me. Yeah.
0: No, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I know from the 3, there's a huge difference. The 3 was basically unusable at a certain point, so... I do want to mention the Apple Watch Series 7, which most likely will be coming out probably at the September event. There's been leaked images. One is of a 41 millimeter band that was posted by Twitter user Majin Boo, And he also showed a recent picture of a gold colored iPhone 13 Pro in a different tweet. But with that band, plus Duan Rui, who had the picture of the iPhone 13 box, the little label part, he posted an image of a, looks like a leather Apple Watch strap, but clearly we see. Mark 45 millimeter. So this shows that if these new sizes are correct with these bands in the images, we'll be going from a 40 and 44 millimeter size with the current series six to a 41 and 45 millimeter in the Apple Watch Series 7. Now, this could just be because with whatever physical redesign is coming to the Apple Watch, that bezels get a little less. And so you get a little more screen size. I don't imagine the physical size of the Apple Watch is going to change very much at all. But we get one more millimeter of screen size, it seems like.
1: But I think is, the band shot we've seen that has the band has 45 millimeters on it. Why does the band have to be specific to a 45 millimeter if it's actually the case is the same? It's just the screen bezels are smaller. It feels like uh, there's got to be some other difference.
0: Well, it's the same. Like when it went from 38 and 42 to 40 and 44, mm. they changed all the size. Things on the bands. I think because if you have the newest Apple Watch that you know is a 41 or 45 millimeter, Uh, seeing bands with the old sizes, it might throw some people off who aren't familiar that they might think it's not for their watch. It's just the bands now feel like for the new watch. You know what I mean? Because honestly, you could get probably a 38 millimeter band and it would fit this 41 millimeter apple watch when it comes out but just keeping it consistent with the sizes i think is mainly the
1: point no you sold me on that one good point
0: yes thank you uh, everyone in the uk if you have a scorecard please william said that i got a point uh for that so thank you just just keep score for us appreciate it and okay. finally of all the september leaks and events and everything that's going on lisa jackson which is the apple vice president of environment policy and social initiatives actually tweeted a photo saying, you know, getting ready for the upcoming events or whatever. And so this picture of Lisa Jackson, she's sitting on the floor in the lobby of the Steve Jobs Theater. And it's kind of interesting because we don't, usually see it from this angle, but also we see like production equipment in the background. And obviously being Apple, I'm sure this was like very staged and everything was very intentional. Maybe Apple's trying to show like, hey, we actually like have production equipment. Like it's not just all magic. These videos just don't appear out of the ether. And so like you see these intelligent moving lights in the ceiling of the foyer. We see like two rolling production cases in the background with some lighting. And so I kind of liked seeing that just raw picture of what's going on in the Steve Jobs theaters they film for these events. Suddenly think,
1: uh, are they doing it because uh, they keep working with all these people making TV shows? And they I go look, see, we can do it too.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right, right, maybe, maybe. So anyway, I thought that was interesting. And uh, maybe Lisa Jackson will be in the next event saying, for environmental reasons, we're not going to include any more cables in any uh, products. Maybe that's... Uh, <laughs> no, just kidding. You know, I will say once Apple announced that there's gonna be no plug in the box for the twelve and everyone was in an uproar, now Samsung, Google, no one includes a power break. Yeah. No one gets a power break. So there you go. Are you are you salty at all about that or do you feel like it's probably fine now?
1: I, I'm fine with that. I just, I get confused. I remember when we last had a change from the 30-pin to the lightning thing, I had all these 30-pin cables and one lightning cable. And then within a few weeks, I could never find a 30-pin when I had to go back to it. Suddenly, it was all lightning. And now I've got all USB and I have plugs here for this and I've lost that. What hack Somebody come into my house and take away old adapters, old plugs.
0: That's right. It's, it's a little, uh, the eye minions.
1: Right. You, just come you in. were just a bit too quick to say that. Uh, are you involved? <laughs> in no,
0: no, no. Of course
1: not. <laughs>
0: <clears throat> anyway. All right. So that is all the leaks and rumors. Again, keep your eye on appleinsider.com. Looks like September 14th, usually invites go out a week earlier. So maybe September 7th, we will see a apple invite for the iphone event so there you go it's exciting times yeah getting excited for the fall it's gonna be a big fall for sure so in addition to all the hardware coming out we have the betas of ios 15 and ipad os 15 mac os monterey and some features are now slipping into a later release cycle rather than at launch Last week, we talked about SharePlay, the feature where you can watch a show or listen to a podcast or music in sync with someone over FaceTime. That SharePlay feature is not coming out with the launch of iOS 15. It's going to come out later in the fall. And now on macOS Monterey, iCloud Private Relay, which is Apple's now built-in service for iCloud Plus customers. And basically, if you pay anything for iCloud, even the 99 cents like storage package, you're an iCloud Plus member. It's only those who do the free iCloud plan are not Plus members, you'll get Private Relay, which is the IP and location obscuring service. So if you use Safari on your devices, and it will be on iPad and iPhone too, as you browse Safari on your Apple devices running iOS 15 or macOS Monterey, that your IP address and location will be obscured from your internet service provider and anyone else up in the chain, kind of like using a VPN, but it is just restricted to the Safari web browser, but web developers and websites are having to adjust to make sure their websites can work with iCloud Private Relay correctly. And so for that reason, it is actually going to be a beta feature once iOS 15 and macOS Monterey is launched. So it's not gonna be publicly available. You can sign up for the beta and still use iCloud Private Relay. I actually have it on my iPad because I'm running the iPad OS 15 beta. But it will not be a full-out feature at launch. It will be just in beta. This episode is brought to you by HelloFresh. HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit where you get fresh, pre-measured ingredients and mouthwatering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. We're entering a busy season now going into the fall where we got school starting and holidays coming up. And HelloFresh can save you tons of time by just giving you incredible recipes and all the ingredients you need to make those meals. So save time from meal planning and shopping in the grocery store and get fresh ingredients with incredible recipes delivered right to your door. HelloFresh's family-friendly menu is a big win for back-to-school season with easy, delicious recipes for drama-free dinners. And HelloFresh offers 50 menu and market items to choose from every week, from vegetarian meals to calorie-smart choices to extra-special gourmet options. And HelloFresh is over 30% cheaper than shopping at grocery stores with pre-portioned ingredients that ensure you won't spend money on excess food that ends up going in the trash. I've tried many meals from HelloFresh, and they are all delicious and easy to make. Just listen to some of these recipes they got going on right now. A one-pan shawarma spiced chicken and rice, one-pan cheesy black bean tacos and even a zucchini, mozzarella, and sun-dried tomato panini. Delicious recipes. All the instructions are super easy to follow. You get the recipe cards, and they're illustrated nicely, step-by-step instructions, and all the ingredients. Here's everything you need to make the meal. And I didn't cook a lot of dinners personally before, and HelloFresh makes it easy not intimidating to get into cooking meals for yourself, for your family. And you can even get a two-meal plan for yourself and get a leftover meal for lunch the next day. So go to hellofresh.com/appleinsider14 and use the promo code appleinsider14 all one word for up to 14 free meals including free shipping. That's <laughs> 14 free meals and free shipping. That's hellofresh.com/appleinsider14. That's the website and then use the promo code APPLEINSIDER14, all one word. Our thanks to HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit, for sponsoring this episode.
1: Is it time to confess I've gone all in on the beaters? (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, I knew you had macOS Monterey installed, quote unquote, by accident. Yes. But but now, now what else have you installed the betas on? Uh, it's on
1: my new iPad. Uh, it was on my iPhone 11 Pro. That's where I was testing it out. I've been writing a lot about it. You obviously got to use it. But in the end, I just I liked it so much and it was so stable. I have put it on my regular work iphone as well oh my mostly because of focus mode uh-huh. which doesn't always work by the way occasionally things get through which is very irritating it reminds you how good focus mode is when it is working right. but i was yeah i'd be here i'd have the uh my mac mini would be in focus mode and just letting through a couple of people so would the iphone 11 so would the ipad but the iphone 12 was letting through anybody so it'd be all peace and still bleep 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 <laughs> in the corner and
0: right like, it's <laughs>
1: I put it on, and...
0: So you have it on everything.
1: Yeah, and I'm almost entirely completely a bit nearly glad.
0: (laughs) That's a lot of caveats uh, in that statement. Well, since you're running it everywhere, what do you think? Because a new beta was actually just released earlier this week, beta 7, I believe, Hmm. with updates everywhere. I've been using it on my iPad. It's pretty stable, like you said. What are your thoughts, now that you have it on your main iPhone, Safari on iOS 15? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> tell tell me tell me your thoughts.
1: I am trying to use the new design. I tab groups everywhere. Utterly love that. No question, yeah, not amazing. a pixel of a doubt. Great, great thing. Tabs themselves with the bar at the bottom, I'm still I well ten days or so into this, I'm still finding my fingers go to the top. And I I understand because you know, how many years have we gone to the top to tap to get something? But also I find on so many websites. Uh, I Even if I remember, I tap the bar at the bottom and I do what I'm going to do. And then the first thing I have to do on the side is tap up at the top to get to the menu or something. Right. So everything it's I'm being driven back up. So I reluctantly think I might swap, uh, press the button to go to mm. um, the old. Well, oh, you're just looking at me now.
0: <laughs> and No, I have not put the beta on my iPhone. I don't have a spare iPhone. So... I'm just I'm totally going by what other people are reporting. Now, on the iPad, did you keep it where the tabs are in line with the address bar, or did you move the tabs underneath the address bar?
1: Oh, good point. I, um, I actually, originally, I liked it in the address bar, and when they changed it, I don't remember setting it, it just suddenly the next beta had moved it. I found I was tapping in the wrong place before I got used to it. But now I'm kind of okay. It was great when you didn't have very many tabs open. I really liked it. But actually, I'm finding with tab groups, I have split things off so much that I have far, far fewer tabs visibly open at any one time. So Uh I might have been all right. For some reason, I was all right with it on the iPad. I'm, I'm only struggling on the iPhone so okay
0: hmm. now with tab groups if listeners forget tab groups are a new feature in ios 15 all the way through macOS monterey where you can take a bunch of tabs and make a group out of them and then they can live in the sidebar not exactly as bookmarks but kind of like that but it's a tab group where if you click that tab group it'll load all those tabs at once and if you go to another tab group or back to regular safari all those tabs are hidden but the key is, I think that's supposed to be the tabs remain active as they're in that group. So when you open that group, it's not like you're having to load a ton of stuff. Has that been your experience as you use tab
1: groups? I realize, actually, I haven't noticed. They've just always been right there, always showing me what I wanted. So they must be updating. Right. I, I right. mean, this, doesn't this sound like Bookmarks Plus? And yeah, very nice. Right. But in practice, when you've set up a group for all the stuff you do with Apple Insider, uh, all the stuff you do with 58 Keys that you mentioned before, my Writers Guild work, if once I'd separate it, I think I have about seven categories now. And it is like uh, it has transformed Safari from this neutral browser into an active work tool. Mm. I go to do this job, and there's everything I need for it. I go for that job, there's everything I need for it, and nothing else in the way. It has totally changed how i use safari and now i mean i i use chrome when i have to when a site won't load and i grumble a bit (laughs) now i don't care what chrome does it can't match this i love the new safari and uh hugely because of tab groups i am an evangelist Uh for tab groups that sounds slightly embarrassing actually
0: no no listen i know Uh, CGP gray, you know, he's on the cortex podcast. He's all about those tab groups. He went all in on the betas for that feature alone. And if you do a lot of research or you just work in a bunch of different websites that you have to access regularly and you kind of compartmentalize, well, these websites are for this part of my job and these websites are for my side gig. Tab groups are really useful. I've, I've started a couple on my iPad and I'm sure they'll be even more useful when they sync across all my devices like yours.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's the thing, isn't it? You set it up on one. There it is on the other. I, I, right. Yes, you have to set it up first. I'm honestly surprised. I think actually if I hadn't been writing about features in uh, mac os monterey particularly i would have just kind of got around to them at some point but i had to look into it and once i'd set up a couple and then after a few days of using it when i'd finished writing about it and finding how much more useful it was Mm. then it's kind of grown for it and now uh i am a convert and relieved to hear that I'm not the only one. Actually, though, I'm such a convert. If I was the only one, I'd still be a convert.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Still use it, yeah. Well, that's great. Yeah, I'm excited to use it across. Now, another feature that is kind of available, you had the article on this, was the custom email domains used with Apple Mail. Now, this wasn't even something that Apple announced in the WWDC keynote, but it came out later that you'll be able to use custom domains like a suchandsuch.com and use that custom domain with Apple Mail in iCloud. Now, this was be a direct competitor basically to kind of the G Suite and other third-party mail services that a lot of times people go to those services just because they want that custom domain. You know, the other services they might not even use. That's actually the case for me. I have a G Suite account that I use with a couple domains and just because I wanted that email. But now it can be done with Apple Mail in iCloud. Now you tried to set this up and you kind of ran into a couple snags. So what's the current state of these custom domains?
1: I honestly, I'm sorry if I'm just misunderstanding the whole thing. I own some domains. I would like to have them come into mail. And you go through this process and it says, So, what's this domain you own? You put it in. What's the email address you want for it? And it sends an email, a verification email. You know, the usual thing. It sends a verification email to that address. So you can go to where you usually get it, confirm it's you. That's a bit. A couple of days now, I haven't had any of the verification emails that I keep sending for it. So I just assumed things weren't working. I look at what other people are doing testing on this. So it's quite funny, actually. You look at some, you think, uh, you didn't get one either, did you? <laughs> but then I think Federico Vatici said that he has and he's set it up and it's working fine for him. So maybe I'm making a mistake somewhere, but I did actually find a bug. I have an address uh-huh. uh, that is WG at a domain name and it accepted the domain name but it told me it wouldn't allow WG at because that is too short.
0: Uh, oh. That
1: is that is a real address that honestly works. So somewhere, somebody in Apple doesn't think anybody has two too uh, And actually, I get an amazing number of emails, um, spam emails, to various two-letter combinations at that particular website. So huh. there's a lot of people out there with two-letter fixations, but not <laughs> using Apple.
0: I mean. When you're having to tell people your email address over and over again, either over the phone or on a business card, I mean, shorter is better. You know, it's always nice where it can be easily heard and understood. Now I am seeing in the screenshot of the article, which I'll include in the show notes, you can do this with up to five custom domains. And then you can also add a custom domain to everyone in your family and they can use it, Hmm. but there'll be three email addresses per domain there. Now for a lot of people that might be enough, but I'm kind of a domain hoarder. And I have many, many domains yeah. that I also connect to my uh, G Suite account as aliases. So I was considering this at first, but now I'm like, oh, I don't know if I can move them all over. So It's funny we'll see. thing,
1: isn't it? It feels like most people will never care about this. Those who find a use for it find a lot of use for it uh, and will want more than this. Right. I can only imagine that this will just get bigger and bigger and they will allow more and more as it settles in, so... For sure. Come back, tune in next year, (laughs)
0: let's see. That's right, maybe later this year, we'll see, we'll see. Now a new feature that is actually available now is in Apple Maps, which Apple announced that this was coming a while ago and now the feature is live. But when you open the Apple Maps application, like on your iPhone and you select businesses, I have found it work most consistently with restaurants. If you click a restaurant, there is now the ability to thumbs up or thumbs down an establishment or business and also add photos to that business location. This is kind of the beginning of the effort to eliminate that Yelp integration, which if you look at a location in Apple Maps, any photos and reviews are pulled automatically from Yelp. And surely Apple would love to not have that <laughs> Yelp integration with all their Apple Maps data. So this is Apple now trying to encourage Apple users of the iPhone to rate and submit photos for businesses. And you could do it even now. I've actually done it for a few. For some reason, it doesn't work as much for hair stylists and salons. I have not been able to leave reviews for those, but for restaurants and a lot of other businesses, it definitely works. I'm checking right now if my photo submitted has been added to the thing. It has not yet. It's not been added yet. But uh, yeah, you can do it. Have you done any of this for businesses or restaurants?
1: Uh, this is kind of old hat for me. I think we've had this feature in the UK for ages for some reason because it rolled out in other places before the us Uh, so i knew it was there and i found it and i looked and i've just rechecked in case i was getting this totally wrong and now i can do at least a thumbs up thumbs down on frank's grill and coffee house which is apparently quite close to me and i've never heard of it before so i won't judge until i've been uh, for it I think my my thing is uh, I I'm not very keen on uh, thumb up thumbs down or star ratings because I feel like it averages out. Uh, you're going to have right. people who actually work for the restaurant versus people who work for other restaurants uh, giving it one and five stars and it'll average out. I will read text reviews of things and try to see what looks persuasive about it, but I don't tend to rely on it. It's is it nearby? Does it <laughs> does it sound like it's open? <laughs> is it edible? Yes, <laughs> good enough. Mind you, I've been in lockdown so long. I'll go anywhere. Right,
0: right. (laughs) Two stars. I'll take it. Deal. Let's do it. (laughs) This episode is brought to you by Streak. As a founder or business owner, you know what it's like to run your entire business from your inbox. Between sales, recruiting, and fundraising emails, things can get messy quickly. But Streak is a CRM designed to help you stay on top of each part of your process and your inbox without ever leaving Gmail. Streak gives you tools for email tracking, mail merges, and snippets to save time and scale up your email efficiency. In just a few minutes, you can set up pipelines right inside your inbox to start tracking your contacts and emails through each process. Streak helps you collaborate by sharing emails and pipelines with your team members, whether you work in an office, out in the field, or on a remote team. And pipelines are completely customizable so you can track processes and details specific to your business access your pipelines on desktop or the mobile app to add and share information in meetings, at job sites, or however you work on the go. I've used lots of CRMs in the past, and the thing about using a separate CRM is you still have to deal with email. You'll always have to deal with email from clients and work people, and using Streak can help streamline the entire process where that CRM lives in the same place where you have to do your email, right? In your inbox, and it just makes everything easier. Sign up for Streak today at streak.com slash Apple Insider and get 20% off your first year of their pro plan, their most popular option. That's streak.com slash Apple Insider for 20% off their pro plan. S-T-R-E-A-K.com slash Apple Insider. And that link will also be in the episode show notes. Our thanks to Streak for sponsoring this episode. So I do want to mention... For All Mankind, the show on Apple TV Plus, they had season two recently, season three is already filming. Love that show. It actually won an Emmy for Outstanding Innovation in Interactive Programming. Didn't know that was a category for the Emmys, but it was because of an augmented reality app that Apple launched alongside the TV series. So pretty cool. One of my favorite shows on Apple TV Plus got an Emmy.
1: Yeah, it's just, what has a science fiction program got to do to win a a, a real Emmy? Mm. Yeah, it's always sound design, effects, and now this one, augmented reality. like they're inventing new categories to win awards. And warranted, absolutely, and deserved and things. But um, these are some fine dramas that get just come out sidelined. Mind you, there's so much great drama at the moment, it's hard to know.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Oh, and here's for my... Check in every time you're on the show, William. Have you watched Ted Lasso yet?
1: If I just say yes, and uh, it was, God, it was <laughs> hilarious. Um, yeah, holding my sides, really. Uh-huh. Yeah. I've watched okay. Schmigadoon. Right. I love Schmigadoon. Yes.
0: yes. Schmigadoon was wonderful. Utterly. Yes.
1: From the opening frame, I was actually beaming yeah. at this. So, yeah, I'm very happy with Ted Lasso. Yeah. Schmigadoon. Yes. <laughs>
0: yes i agree on schmigadoon and i'll take that as a no you have still not seen ted lasso that's fine just checking in just checking in every time yeah you
1: keep keep on doing that that'd be
0: really good yes (laughs) (laughs) just get all the ted lasso fans worked up about william that's all
1: okay i've seen enough i've read enough i read no reading the script is not seeing it It william it is not the same thing if it's not on the page it isn't ever going to be on the screen and i've seen enough of it on the screen to think (laughs) i that's fine it's not for me I wish it the greatest of joy.
0: This is why Apple's never going to send me an iPhone early to review, is because you are bashing Ted Lasso every time you're on the show. This is what happens,
1: William. Well, if we, let's just w- step this back a bit. Um, you are now many months into not sending me iPads, MacBook Pros and things. You buy them, no, you discard that's true, that's them, true. you never send them this way. All
0: right, here's what I'll send you. Yeah. I'm going to burn the entirety of Ted Lasso's season one and two on DVDs, and I will mail them to you. Will you watch them if I do that? <laughs> I don't even know if I can do that because it's only streaming. I yeah, I was just—I was right.
1: wondering. My mind was going through. Uh, actually, the Writers Guild stuff was coming my mind about the rights and payments to the yeah, writing staff. <laughs> I would have to do a lot
0: of illegal things to get it to you
1: on DVD. And you do that for me?
0: Yeah. Uh, I, I would almost do that. I'm searching right now. Ted Lasso Blu-ray. Yeah, can't get it on on any kind of physical media. Maybe I'll get you a Believe poster. That's what I'll do. Okay. Okay. Right. Anyway, (laughs) Anyway, so I did want to mention there's Apple employees have started a website called Apple Two, and this is on the heels of reports of harassment and sexism within the workplace. And so some employees made this entire website, basically bringing some of these situations to the surface. And then there was actually a long piece. I think you actually had this. William, but talking about Slack Mm -hmm. and how when Apple introduced Slack in 2019, really through the pandemic, it increased in popularity. And now we've been hearing a lot more about discrimination or harassment within the company. It might have existed for a long time, but we are definitely hearing about it more now. Employees doing petitions and polls right there in Slack and Apple having to shut them down. And that's what precipitated this whole standalone website. So again, I know there's actually still investigations going on with the other employee and who's been on leave and stuff like that. But did you have any thoughts on this, William, as you kind of covered both of these things?
1: Well, initially, uh, I thought it was incredibly depressing. Yeah. You know, you think of Apple, uh, you know, I know every company's, it's, uh, no company is saintly and things and different conditions, different places. You know, it's going to be varied, but you kind of expect Apple to be better than the average. And so hearing some of these things and going on, you you start thinking, you know you're only hearing a certain proportion of things, but the proportions are bad enough. Uh, One example of things like this is bad enough. But actually, the more I think about it, the more positive I am because this stuff is coming out, whether it's through Slack or Apple II, the fact that people are speaking out is what will change things. And so therefore, this is actually a good thing. It's just Mm. uh, how many years of... How much misery, I, I don't know.
0: Yeah. So I'm sure more stuff will come out. You know, a lot of this stuff will probably get buried. is the fall cycle of devices and all that kind of stuff. But we will continue to report on it. I'll put links to those articles talking about Slack in the workplace and then also that Apple 2 website as well, if you want to read more about it. On a lighter note, and by lighter, I mean on fire. A Samsung phone. I know you like that, William. I know you like that transition.
1: Yes, I thought it was very good. Yes. (laughs) Thank you.
0: Uh, On an Alaska Airlines flight, a Galaxy A21 Samsung phone burst into flames and caused everyone to have to (laughs) evacuate the plane. And of course, you remember the Galaxy Note 7 several years ago was likely to catch on fire and maybe explode. So not a good day for Samsung PR, another Samsung phone just bursting into flames. There you go. And
1: yet people keep buying them. If, you know, i mean if and, yeah. apple had antenna gates and it was massive news samsung has fire on aircraft and carries on selling the next thing
0: it's fun yeah yeah it is strange but uh, there you go so it's always nice to jab samsung just a little bit especially when their phones catch on fire as they're <laughs> wont to do uh, also tim cook he had an interview Actually, it was really late last week, so we couldn't cover it on last week's show, but we'll put a link to that interview if you want to read it. It's He was talking about the tech industry and rebuilding trust and some of the privacy issues that are going on. And actually, this past week, there was a kind of a summit of tech leadership that actually went to Washington, D.C. here in the U.S. to talk about some of the issues with scamming and hacking and all that kind of stuff, some of the data breaches that have been going on, like with T-Mobile and AT&T. Tim Cook was one of those tech CEOs that went to D.C. to discuss the issue. So on top of all that, he's getting paid $750 million from his stock agreement with Apple this week. So there you go.
1: He did a really good deal, didn't he, 10 years ago? (laughs)
0: It was a good deal. But I I mean... You look at the profitability of Apple over the last 10 years, Tim Cook has done some work. That's true. That's
1: for worked, sure. was, I can't remember the wording, but there's something like it was conditional on the company having performed adequately or something. Right.
0: Yeah. Adequately being the word. Yeah.
1: Yeah. We're OK. okay. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's like, uh, yeah, I think adequately is uh, enough. Dick, I think it's definitely yes. done that. You know, real quick, you've not been on the show since all the CSAM and privacy stuff came out. And so I was just curious, did you have, as we've been in the news, kind of has been covered, a ton already. And what are your feelings about it just in general?
1: I was aghast that I'd never even heard the term CSAM before. That was a start right. for me. Um, I honestly terribly confused over what Apple was doing. And I watched that interview that Craig Friedrich he did and explained it and I came away uh, quite reassured. But then you get other security experts, you get Snowden saying things. And right. I start thinking, how much is uh, what Federici says, that the message was delivered poorly? And how much is, yes, this is a slippery slope to the end of the world, and it's all, all doom from now on. Right. But we end up with, um, what's the alternative? Am I going to go over to Android because of this? And where things are so much better. Yeah, no. I believe Apple, when they talk about why they want to do things, I also believe other people when they say that everybody else has been doing this already. Right. So on balance, I come out okay. Right. Uh, Am I right or should I be concerned?
0: I don't think so. You know, we've covered it a lot on the show. You know, it's not even launched yet. True. And so I feel like there's been enough information out there. If listeners... Still don't really understand. I encourage you, Jason Aten came on the show and we really tried to explain it well. If you want just an explanation, check out that episode of the Apple Insider Podcast. And then Wes and I talked about it last week. And you know, there's a, there's almost like a fatigue. It's like CSAM fatigue. Like, you know, I, th- I think everyone's kind of had enough of it for a while. But when it actually launches with iOS 15, you know, we'll see. We'll see what people think when people start getting notifications and iMessage with maybe some explicit imagery with kids or whatever. Like, we'll see. And I'm sure there'll be many people trying to fool it, too, hmm. where they'll they'll try to, you know, take pictures that might look like something inappropriate and fool the system and, you know, show that off and post about it. So I'm sure we'll hear a lot more about it once it all launches and is available. Yeah. So. We'll cover it again for sure. One thing, I
1: mean, hopefully the lighter side of this. uh, I do think some people were deliberately misreporting what Apple were doing. Um, And one very specific example is there is a consortium of uh, civil rights and human rights groups around the world that wrote an open letter to Apple asking them not to do this. And every headline I read was 90 plus groups have written to Apple saying this. But I got the letter. And at the bottom, there are all the signatures, and there are 84 of them. And it's like, if you can't even... All I did was copy the list, (laughs) pop into numbers, see what the number of the bottom cell was, done. Yeah, level of detail in this reporting was um, uh, underwhelming, yes.
0: Right. Yeah, for sure. Well, just two quick bonus things before we close out the show. One, YouTube has actually finally launched Picture in Picture as a feature to YouTube premium subscribers. Now, if you are a YouTube premium subscriber, I think it's like the $10 a month plan where you don't have to watch ads on YouTube. You can actually go to youtube.com slash new. You go to that website, signed in with your YouTube premium account, and you can enable picture in picture. And I've been using it and it's finally there. It works. So there you have it.
1: Say We're using it to watch Ted Lasso because I just think Uh, if you are uh, happy watching Mm -hmm. something picture in picture. It's probably not an absolutely brilliant, compelling watch, <laughs> is it? Yeah. First
0: of all, no, not watching Ted Lasso picture-in-picture. Picture. But two, a lot of YouTube videos, like tech videos that I like to watch on YouTube, you know, throwing that in picture-in-picture because in picture, they're really just kind of a talking head video. <gasps> you know, that works.
1: <gasps> Do you know how much work? Uh, I've, I've got a 58 Keys that comes out next week, which is actually timey-wimey. You know, uh, it fast winds itself. To the good bits and then goes back and all this Do you know how much effort went into that and you're just going yeah yeah whatever let him talk it's fine yeah oh this is more
0: interesting no i know it takes lots of effort i make videos too but there you you go picture in picture is good it's good and lastly just want to throw this in at the end uh new shortcut i don't know if you have a shortcut that you've been liking recently but for one of my tasks every week i've kind of need to know a word count quickly for a piece of text that i'm writing or actually having to read in like a discussion board. And so I developed a shortcut. It's pretty simple, but basically you can select some text, hit the share button, tap this shortcut, and it will show you a quick look with the amount of words in whatever the text it is that you selected. So it's a quick word count that you can use anywhere where you can select text. And I'll put a link to that Siri shortcut if you'd like to download and use it on your own in the podcast show notes right. so you can Ooh, enjoy that
1: i'm having that
0: yeah yeah absolutely did you have, thank you you have any shortcuts you've been using recently that you just well i love frustrating ones
1: i used to have uh it's now working again but for a while i had this thing that would automatically changed my um apple watch face at certain times or in certain places and suddenly that just ceased working uh, over the new beaters i'm not using the watch beater but ios was just saying you can't do it you need an app to in- you need to install an app, and wouldn't even say what the app was. Mm. And I just noticed in uh, Beta Seven that the change face is back uh, in shortcuts. So that's the one I'm I'm now reinvestigating all of those and rebuilding them from scratch, having ripped them apart earlier. <laughs>
0: yes, very good. Well, that's it for the show. Listeners, reach out to us. You can tweet at William and myself. Our Twitter handles are in the show notes. You'll also find links to everything we talked about, including that word count shortcut, the YouTube picture-in-picture link, all of that. You can support the show at patreon.com slash appleinsider or write in Apple Podcasts directly. You can even do a free trial. When you support the show, you get an ad-free version every week, early access, and into our private Discord channel just for podcast supporters. If you haven't yet, we'd greatly appreciate a five-star rating and review in Apple Podcasts. It helps the show in the top charts. We're actually in the top twenty in the UK, right. most likely because of William. You know, um, no thanks to the Ted Lasso knocks, but you know, appreciate appreciate you bringing that to the UK. You know,
1: it's me. It is me. Clearly, everybody. On, yeah, that, that's what it is. Obviously, yeah,
0: they're not here for my British accent. That's for sure. And you can also check out HomeKit Insider, the show Andrew O'Hara and I do every Monday about HomeKit and smart home devices, and the Apple Insider Daily Podcast, where you get the top Apple news headlines in just a few minutes. Thanks for joining us this week. We'll catch you next time.